Doesn't say. Doesn't say. Doesn't say. What's up, guys? What's going on? Sorry. <laughs> we were just <laughs> quoting something around. from the 40-year-old virgin. Uh, hilarious movie. Mm-hmm. If you haven't see, seen it, so welcome to the podcast. This is the Hodoom <laughs> and Andrea show. This is where we sit down together. Well, I sit down with my beautiful wife, Andrea, and we talk about uh, a book and a person that has done something, I guess, inspiring, hopefully inspiring, or whatever. They've just done something. Doing something cool, anyway. Yeah, it's worthwhile talk, of writing a book about. Right, yeah. And we, uh, and we talk about it, and we see if there's anything that we want to incorporate into, into our lives, into our um, adventure planning, if you will. Mm-hmm. And today, we're going to be talking about a book written by Elizabeth Blair. Is that no, how you pronounce it? Edith, honey. Yeah, why did I say I Elizabeth? I was like, Elizabeth isn't like not, not even, even close. close. Uh, Edith Blair, uh, The Weight of Sand. My 45 days held, oh my goodness, <laughs> my f- 450 days held hostage in the Sahara. Yep. Okay, well, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be suggesting that I or anyone else get uh, taken hostage. Probably but, not, uh, no. Here's the title, I'll just hold it up there. Mm-hmm. So, interesting. The weight of sand, my 450 day held hostage in the Sahara. So, this should be interesting. Um... I don't think there's anything else to say. Um, of course, if you like any of our podcasts, please check out our website, the Odum and Andrea. Sh- what is our website? So it's odumandandrea.com um, to check out any of our previous podcasts. Um, yeah, so with that, let's just uh, get into it. Let's tell us, tell us about Edith, 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 oh my God, I can't say her name, Edith yeah. Blair and how she, you know, got into this sticky situation. <laughs> yes. I was going to try to make some kind of sand dial. <laughs> kind of thing but I'm like I can't come up with anything <laughs> <laughs> so she's actually Canadian she's from Quebec um, and so I don't know if that's would change how you pronounce her last name because I'm sure it's a French pronunciation Blair. Blair, yeah. yeah I don't know, I don't know. yeah so um, she it is just like hooked on traveling like just absolutely hooked on it she's like one of these people that um they just they're addicted to it and she just goes has this wanderlust just kind of goes wherever Mm -hmm. the money is jobs are that sort of thing she's not afraid to and when did she start traveling um she didn't say what age she was um but i would assume like and i don't even know if she went to like university or anything like that but it just sounds like she's been traveling she's been traveling for a while for a long time knows the ins and outs of traveling especially being yeah. alone and yeah being a single female yeah and traveling yeah. and so um she said once i had a taste of adventure i was hooked mm-hmm. and so she was really interested in discovering like new cultures meeting new people and right. seeing new landscapes i feel like she's kind of like hippie-ish in that way mm. like she's she her hair is dr- like dreadlocked with beads right. and stuff in it and and she there was one instance where she was um in california and she was gonna sleep on the beach like just in a tent mm. um and then the police came and were like no no you can't sleep on the beach this <laughs> is illegal and then so she had to sleep like at like one of the home homeless encampments no she couldn't just go to you know, like a, a hostel or anything like that? I or did she literally have no money to... Yeah, I don't know. But that, that was just like she had to sleep on the pavement kind of thing right. with uh, like homeless people. When so, was this? Um, I'm not sure. I like it in like the maybe 2012 or something like that. <laughs> Are you just guessing? No, no, no. Educated no. guess. Educated guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, it might fit right in California now. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. So, so she does all this different traveling. And so she... Um, what she kind of does is she goes to Central America and like down like the um, 
the west coast of like California and stuff mm-hmm. in the summer, and then she comes. I'm sorry, in the winter, and then in the summer she comes back. So to sorry, Canada. you mean the west coast of the United States? Yeah, yeah, not yeah. On yeah. west coast, or just western central, like. You said so. You said Central America. Central but you America, mean Central also Central U.S. Also the West Coast of so like California, but so also Central America like Colombia. Yeah, right. yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, she's done yeah, yeah. tons of traveling there. She's been to like all the different like countries um, right. in Central America. It sounds like, and she talks a lot about like not a lot, but she talks a little bit about like how much she loved it, learning like li- meeting new people, right. learning new things yeah, there. So. Yeah, of course. So in 2014, she's in California and she meets this guy. She's kind of working, I think, like on some sort of like farming type thing. And she meets this guy from Togo. So I didn't even know that Togo was a country. So okay. did you know that Togo was a country in Africa? Uh, to- like I've never heard of it. Yeah. No, me neither. So I had to look it up on the map. Yeah. And so it's in... There's lots of countries in Africa. There's a ton of countries in, in Africa. But I guess the reason I didn't really know about this one is because it's like super, super tiny. Mm-hmm. And so it's right beside... Ghana and then Burkina Faso is north of it. Okay. So it's just this teeny tiny little country kind of sandwiched in. Yeah. What's the population? I don't know. Hmm. Um, so, so yeah. So she meets this guy from Togo and he. They met where? In California on this kind of like farm type thing. And so his dream is to develop this like self-sufficient farm producing food and renewable energy. And he also wants to found like a local ecological center and then plant like... Could this get any more cliche to like the hippie Californian? Like we're just going to have this one little piece of land and it's going to be everything. everything. Self-sustaining energy, food, uh, drugs. It's all here. And so, But he (laughs) wants to do it in Togo. Right. In okay. Togo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. So, and she loves, she falls in love with this idea and she loves the thought of it. And so also part of what he, um, wanted to do was like have people like her that just kind of want to travel and experience different things come and like help out and teach them the culture and about all, like farming and all of these sustainability and all this different things. And so for her, this is like, she loves this idea because she's really like the materialistic stuff isn't, it's not her right. and she wants to have this kind of like simpler existence. Yeah. Right? It, it really sounds like I, I, I totally hear that. It sounds like this idealistic yes, idea of what the is. world is like, but it then, is. you know, reality sometimes sets yes. in a little bit being like, well, maybe the world can't just be all like just living off the land individually, yes. whatever you have. There's so many anyways, this is, so I and she she and she we'll see how I know. this is going. So and but she admits this. She says, "My vision was a touch romantic, but that's just the way I am. I've always been carried along by dreams and nourished by reality." So she admit, like you know, she right. she can no, see that's that. fair. But she just like loves this idea of living in tune with nature. Africa's always been a continent that she's wanted to visit, and she feels that kind of pull of going back to like the roots of humanity, right? Like where we all kind of started, where humanity yeah. started, right? Yeah, so it's very very romantic. Uh, it's it's that's <laughs> it's very romantic i mean africa is a huge place i mean there's so many differences well, and, and so that's many different and it's not like this what like it's just this one spot i mean there's desert no. there's rainforest there's all kinds there's all of kinds different of, i know environments and people well, and whatever and, and if we're ta- like and to like togo is not even where the, not even the cradle of humanity right right like that's, yeah. yeah so she then goes so they're talking about it and 
I don't know what happens, but then she goes back to Canada and she ends up, this isn't now in 2016, and she is working in Jasper in Alberta. And she what just- What year is this? Sorry? 2016. Okay. And so she just falls in love with Jasper. She just loves it. So she's working a couple different jobs. One's like, um, I think like at a hotel, kind of one of the nice hotels there. She's just mm-hmm. kind of working there. Yeah. And so she was going to go to British Columbia to work, I think to do like cherry picking or something in the Okanagan, but her boss- Like actual picking cherries? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So her, oh yeah, not like, <laughs> not like just cherry picking. and just doing nothing um but anyway so uh her boss convinces her to stay and she's an officer more like offers her to stay and and more money a guy well not more money but just like offers to pay continue to pay or whatever so she ends up like staying there in the winter and Mm -hmm. she just she just loves it and so this is when she meets um a guy an italian guy um this is another guy whatever happened to the whatever happened to the african we'll get we'll get back to the guy the other guy so she meets this luca his name's luca and she says every story that we're reading from now on it's like there's gonna be a story it's gonna be of a woman and it's like and then she meets this guy. <laughs> it's like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Um, no, so she meets this Luca guy, and he's like I said from Italy, and they kind of have like an on again, off again relationship mm-hmm. um, over the like the few years. So they work together in Jasper for a while. They also kind of travel um, together as well. Um, yeah, she so goes. These are all younger people, yeah, I would yeah, imagine. Yeah. So yeah. she goes to Italy and meets his family, and they travel in Central America together. And then she introduces him to this the her friend, the to- the guy from Togo. So and that was just that guy from Togo was just a friend. I thought it was more than just. A no, friend. no, no. He's just a friend. Just oh, he's always just a friend. Just a friend. Yeah. Oh, okay. So Luca, like I said, it's on again, off again, and so she introduces him to this guy. The guy tells of his big grand vision to happen in Togo. And so Luca wants to be part of it too. And so they get, you know, really interested. And, t- and Luca says, well, why don't we go to Italy? We'll get a car in Italy and we'll drive this car from Italy all the way to Togo. So you'd have to drive yes. all the way yes. out of Europe into Asia. Well, how would you even get there? Yeah. I guess you can cross. Where can you cross? Okay. I don't even know where you can cross. This is, this is why it's funny for me. Cause yeah, you can't jog- cross. Yes, you can. Yeah. Through ferry? Yeah. yeah. Through ferry? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah. is Africa attached? Yes, it is. No, yes, it is. Is it attached to Asia? It is, isn't it? Show me a map. <laughs> Show me a map. <laughs> You're so I funny. totally can't remember. Okay. Put me on the spot. But so it is attached. You could drive. It is land. It isn't a floating island like Australia. No, yeah, so. Yeah. It's totally attached. It's a little bit, but it's ta- attached in the Middle East. Yeah, to Iraq, right? Is it Iraq? Uh, No. Let me see. Can I see a map? <laughs> yeah, there we go. Oh, yeah. Oh, Israel, Lebanon. Oh, okay, Iraq's right there. Yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. Right. That's what I was thinking. It's always entertaining for me to <laughs> explain. Oh, okay. Oh, so they're going down through Spain then. Yes. And Morocco. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. See. At the Mediterranean Sea. Of yes. course. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Yes. No, I. I'll admit, my geography needs to be. I like, love. I, I, love I need geography. to. Uh, yeah, I used to love it too. That's why like, I was surprised. Awesome, I, I was like, oh, this is a country so I've never even heard of before. Like, what the heck? It's crazy. Right. Um, 
Yeah, so there's the Strait of Gibraltar. So the Strait of Gibraltar that is between um, Spain and Morocco, it's like so tiny. Like it's only a couple of kilometers, I think. It's not... Sorry, where are you talking about? Like right here? Uh, between Spain and Morocco. Yeah, that little Strait of Gibraltar, that's right. what it's called. That's funny. This is where there's the, the UN thing in Portugal. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, anyway, so that's what they're going to do. And so they plan out their whole route. And she actually has an uncle that um, lives somewhere in Africa. She didn't say where. <laughs> but so I know so she didn't say where. But she gets some advice from him, too, about the route to take. because uh, Yeah, and how to avoid certain areas. Mm-hmm. So they leave from Italy on November 19th. Hope they got lots of bribe money. <laughs> <laughs> They leave yeah, November I was gonna 19th. Say, I, where is this headed? Of course. Sorry. They, le- they leave November 19th, 2018. So they drive through Italy, France, Spain. They take the ferry, like I was saying, to Tangier in Morocco. And are they just traveling? Is she just traveling on a Canadian passport? Or does she have any other kind of She must. Passport? Ha- yeah. So she has a Canadian her Canadian passport. It's about the visas, though. So I well, don't, yeah, need to get I don't know get anything about what how, type how they of visas. No, there. There's only one thing with the visas that I that mm. is important. Because I'm pretty sure you need to have a visa for every country that you're going to. Yeah. Right. Like he, I have no like idea if how. It like works. if you get to, it, you can't just get in there. Well, I guess it, it depends on what you. Uh, I guess it depends on what you're, you're doing. Because I c- we can go to the United States. We can just drive down and be mm. like, oh, we're just going shopping. Yeah. They'll let yeah. you in. You don't need a visa for that, right? Yeah. So, so. So if you're driving through, maybe you don't need a visa just to go through. Yeah. So it would be good to plan ahead. <laughs> I to think talk they to did. They did, and then they to. had they had their way that they were going to go. So when they were going, so they were crossing into Morocco. They're going to go through Morocco through I don't know how to pronounce that Mauritiana, Mauritiana. Yeah, Mauritiana. So they were going to go through there. Mauritania. Yeah. So they were going to go mm. so Morocco through there into Mali, and then. It, through Burkina Faso and then into Togo. That was their plan. Okay, so it's okay. pretty close to Nigeria. Yeah, it is really close to Nigeria. Uh, so that was the plan. So they talk about they talk about like going through some of the places. So there's this one piece of land betru- between Morocco and Marciana, and there's like no roads, and it's almost like a no man's land. Like I think there's some sort of disputed land there and there's even still like landmines mm-hmm. like underneath the ground so they basically are following this like one car the whole way it was just sounded like it was like a little kind of scary right. so, so but there's a road through this quote-unquote no man's land but well kind of mm-hmm. but they make <coughs> sure they were lucky enough to so this is desert area too I yeah, imagine. yeah yes yeah so then they get to one spot. What kind of car are they driving? Yeah, I forget what it. I forget what it. What it is. It's not a great car though. No, like it's no. Because they, I mean, they don't have a lot of money. That's good. You don't want to be driving so. around in like a Mercedes or whatever. Yeah. No. Um. So they they go. I forget what country they in. So they're in Mali, and the roads are so 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 bad and. Everything there, the bureaucracy is crazy. So they're trying to be able to cross into Mali, and they eventually meet. They meet this guy who's who lives in Burkina Faso. He's a French guy, mm-hmm. and um, he says to them, "Well, if you can't make it on the roads, if you you can find like little villages along the way, and you can stay, just talk to like the village chief or whatever, and they'll let you stay the night. If you can just put put your tent up, just make sure you get permission. And everyone's usually pretty friendly. So this is what happens.
reasons because the roads are so bad. Mm-hmm. It takes them longer to get places than they think. Right. So they sit and they, um, they talk to this chief and they just learn all about the village and they have a meal and they're able to sleep there. And just like it's, she loves it too. Cause she's, you know, meeting new people, learning about new cultures and all that kind of stuff. So, um, then they get into Burkina Faso. And so this French guy was like, well, when you get to Burkina Faso, like look me up and like come over and have supper. You can meet my family. Do you mean he's an actual French guy from France yes. or just someone that speaks French? No, no, no. He's a French a guy. No, no, no. He's countries that just speak French in Africa. Right? Oh, of so, course. Yeah. Because most of these countries were... French colonies. French colonies, yes. Mm-hmm. So, but no, he's actually from France. Yeah. And so he has a wife and a family in Burkina Faso. He's just living there. He's just living there. So he said, like, look me up. And so they only had transit visas for for Burkina Faso, which meant they could only, they had like three days to get across it and to get into Togo. Yeah. And so what they wanted was they did want a visa that was valid for 90 days, but it was too expensive for them. Mm-hmm. So then the French guy was just like, well, you, there's another visa that you can get that is, I don't even know what it's called, but it's it would allow them to stay in Burkina Faso longer and it would be valid there in Togo, the Ivory Coast and in Niger. Yeah, well, they should have done that a long time ago, not just while they're actually in there. So they, they only have two days left or whatever. Yeah, so they do a detour. They go to the capital in Burkina Faso and they try to get one and the guy's a dick and says, no, get the fuck out of my country. And so they don't have a lot of time. And I don't know why she says this, but she's like, well, why don't let's, I like, I want to spend more time before we go to Togo, I think is maybe why. And she's like, let's. Now, when someone there tells you to get the fuck out of your country, you get the fuck out of the country. So, but that's the point is so <laughs> instead of going straight to Togo, she's like, well, I want to take a detour and go to Benin, which is the con- uh, the country beside Togo. So which they don't you. have a visa for. So, yeah, so I don't know why. So that's Benin. So they're Burkina Faso, yeah. and that's Benin. So she wants to go to where there. Going. Yeah. Not a good idea. So, because they don't have a lot of time and they're changing their plans and everything, they are not checking what's going on at the border of Burkina Faso and Benin. In certain terms of if there's any conflicts or anything going yes. on? Yes. Or if there's any security issues that they should know about, that travelers should know about, they don't check which usually they have been the whole time they've been crossing. So now we're at December 17th and they're crossing into Benin and they're going across what's called the W National Park. It's like an elephant park as well, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so they're getting to the border with Benin. They're about 50 kilometers away and the road's really, really bad. And so they see a truck on the side of the road and there's a bunch of guys in there and they kind of are trying to be kind of friendly as they see these guys and are just like, oh, like, are, do the roads get better, like, up ahead? And they're like, yeah, yeah, they get better, they get better. Five kilometers on, there's six men with Kalashnikovs in turbans waiting for them. And so four of them leap out, they get Luca, they take him out because he's driving, and then they get her and they're trying to separate them to take them away and mm-hmm. put them on motor on the back of motorbikes to take them away. And so Luca's like losing his shit and saying, you can't separate us. You can't separate us. He's like, that's my wife. That's my wife. So he lies to say, hoping that will make them because they're Muslim, hoping that'll make them Mm -hmm. keep them together. Um, And also because there's like strict rules in like 
in Muslim religion, obviously about two people, not if they're a man and woman and they're not married, not traveling alone. Like there's so many rules, right? Sure. So even an example of this, which is interesting is, you know, Stephanie Buttermore and Jeff Nippard. Yeah. 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 So they, they're not married. They went to Egypt. This was like years ago for Mm -hmm. one of her friend's weddings and they even, they're not married, but they bought rings and just said they were so that they could stay in the hotel room together. Otherwise they wouldn't have been able to. Interesting. Yeah. They they ask you for that. Like two people can't just stay in the hotel room. What if they're just friends? I don't know. I don't know. So, but even they had to do that there. So I think it was a smart move on his part to say Mm. like we're married. So um a translator told them that well we've been waiting specifically for you we knew that an italian and a canadian were coming this way so we've been waiting for you so i don't know and the book doesn't say how, how they, they knew known. and so i wonder I, I don't know maybe them stopping in that village or maybe them stopping in the capital someone found out i don't know it, i mean you could just be that someone sees them i mean it, it could be but how do you know that they're italian and canadian by well, listening to them speak <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I yeah, think Italians I and Canadians have pretty distinct accents when you're yeah. traveling around. But she's like, French, know, remember? Still, yeah, still a Canadian. Yeah, accent. Yeah, so yeah, um, I don't know. And again, the Italian accent as well is pretty is pretty distinct. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unless they could have been someone they talked at whatever embassy or whatever in the capital. I mean, they're probably talking to lots of people because, like you're saying, they're friendly and they want to talk to all kinds of people. Yeah. So somebody there spots them and says, hey, yeah, well, these guys are coming. And may they probably start talking about where they're going and kind of like, oh, yeah, we're just doing this. We're just doing that or whatever. And, yeah, you know, so it just takes that one person to like, again, I don't. Most of this stuff is shit I get from the movies, too. Right. So (laughs) I don't really know know. how people kidnap people. Yeah. But I just like, you know, that stupid movie with Liam Neeson, right? It's just like, mm. it's just, it's just, you get people that are friendly that are just like, they're kind of like spotters that are like, well, their, their jobs to kind of find yes, people yes. that are traveling, that are vulnerable. That's and true. I've heard of this for like actual people, like, like, uh, you know, I want to go to Thailand yes. and that's where I want to go. <laughs> and I've heard people talking about Thailand. It's like, well, there's certain people or whatever that you have to be careful because they're going to try to Take lure, you. lure you away to get you yes. to a specific spot or whatever. Right. Not for kidnapping, but just, exploit you or for money or whatever right yeah. so you just, you just need to be careful where there's a lot of places where there's tourists or whatever where there's people that are that are out there to do for nefarious things right yeah. maybe not as bad as you know kidnap or whatever and holding hostage but even just for you know trying to perform scams or whatever so you, you have to be careful about who you talk to and what you say absolutely yeah especially so, yeah yeah so who knows where where where, where that happened. happened but so or maybe that person was lying uh, who knows right <coughs> Yeah. Maybe it could have just been those truckers that those people, those truckers, <laughs> those <laughs> those people that were in the truck yeah. ahead. Maybe they just radioed ahead to their buddies yeah, down the road to say, hey, these guys are coming. Yeah. I you don't know. know. Yeah. So the the translator tells them, well, we're taking you to our, like the leader and it's going to take about three days to get there. And so she said this was like the first of many lies that we were told in this whole thing because it didn't take three days. It took like 20 on these bikes and so he told them that they were the muhajadeen um soldiers um fighting in the way of allah and they were supposed to help them with their mission Mm. um and so originally she just thought oh these are just like second rate kind of bandits they're just kind of disorganized they're on these stupid motorbikes they're just gonna call our families for money so that's kind of what they thought at the same at the time Mm -hmm. and then they were given 
like clothes to wear as well and turbans and so they almost kind of dressed her up like a man so because you see like a white woman being taken like that's going to raise some suspicions right, right? So, so whenever them up. yeah and so whenever she could as they were riding she would like let her scarf like because they gave him scarves to cover too yeah. she would let it go off and like try or get her turban off just just to let people see her almost right. kind of leave like breadcrumbs that she was here and that's a weird thing to see in these right. places is this white woman yeah so she would try and do that um and then the other thing she said is sometimes like because the bandits they would come and go like on the motorbikes it was like a big group of them eventually there was like 15 motorbikes and people traveling together to get them to this leader and so uh they didn't realize that she was a woman and so there would be like definite awkwardness when they would go up to greet her and then realize she was a woman because you're not allowed Mm. to touch them and so she was like she said it like it made them more human to her in a way because instead of just seeing them as captors seeing that like weird embarrassment that they felt so it kind of humanized them in a little bit so i thought that was interesting Hmm. and she just said um it made them seem more vulnerable because she was able to really unsettle them just by being female so i I just thought that was an interesting thing for her to say so um so then luca kind of loses his shit at one point because he's like where the fuck are you taking us? Like, what is going on? Are they on? like always at gunpoint kind of thing? Because they're traveling through no. cities where well, I'd imagine, they're, right? No, they're like. trying not to. It ends up they're traveling along the Niger River. Mm-hmm. And so they're trying to be incognito and not go through bigger cities. They're probably going through like villages because they have to eat, right? Um, and have a safe place to sleep. But I th- so I think it's just like these little villages. And mm-hmm. so people don't really notice much so i they're not usually at gunpoint i mean there's Mm. guns like the threat of the guns for sure so um but there's no real chance of escape no no because they're just surrounded all the time with like all these guys and so um luca loses it and he's just like where are you taking us like like tell us what's going on because they were just given no information and why would you i know it's not like you it's not like you're (laughs) at a job where i demand to know what's going on yeah you are yeah kidnapped and you're taken hostage yes like you, you cannot demand yeah so luke so luca he just like he loses it and he's like where are you taking us and then they say well we're taking you um to northern mali in the sahara and so this is when they realize okay these are not just some randos like Mm. this is serious stuff and they're gonna maybe reach out to our governments to get them to pay the ransom or to do some sort of prisoner exchange so this is when i wanted to tell you a little bit because i thought this was actually kind of interesting a little bit about molly and mm-hmm. how we even got to this point where people are kidnapping people so molly's actually really interesting and i didn't know this until i read about it but the molly empire at its peak was like one of the wealthiest countries on earth and there's this one emperor so when what time so 1300s 1300s yeah so that's f- like during is that during the dark ages i'm not sure no dark ages were like or was that the age of enlightenment i can't remember i can't what, remember what the ages yeah yeah anyways yeah so they're one of the wealthiest countries at earth and even it said they're the emperor um mansa musa is believed to be one of pro- maybe one of the most wealthiest individuals in history mm. so i found that really interesting i had no idea um and so and what was the country rich for 
I'm not really sure because it yeah they don't get into it about why it was why he was rich but even like lots of gold or like it must have been but they were they were also like a center of islam timbuktu which is in mali is an actual place (laughs) um and it was like a renowned place of learning there was like a university there one of the oldest in the world Yeah. yeah so it was huge um so but in 2012 so obviously there was like the french it was a French colony. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're, yeah, we're <laughs> skipping way ahead. Um, but then the French came and there was a scramble for Africa and they took over Mali. So in 2012, there was a big conflict that broke out in northern Mali with the Touareg people. And they wanted to be independent from Mali and have like their own area. So a civil war. Yeah. W- yeah. And then there yeah, was like, no, maybe not official, not official. Not I, yeah. I, yeah. I'm proud, but yeah, I would call it a civil war. You could call it that. Mm. Um, it's not referred to by that, like on hmm. Wikipedia or anything, but there was like a military, oh, oh no, there was yeah. like a coup d'etat at that time too, because someone killed, I think the president or whatever at the time, because they were just like, well, you're not, dealing with this properly so you need to go mm-hmm. um so then what happened was they they won for a little while and they got the land and they declared independence of this land but then the, they had like al-qaeda and these other islamic extremist groups helping them and mm. then of course they turned on them yeah. and now this is our snow. yeah exactly yeah. and so that's kind of the history because it's all these jihadis and of course like there's so many different jihadi groups and there's all kinds of infighting and sometimes they get absorbed into other groups and they fight each other and it's just like a big shit show and so that's kind of what they get in the middle of is it's just these different groups that are kind of fighting and they they get transferred from kind of like one group to another group right like it's just it's complicated so so they're all like is it jihadi is that the actual term of somebody who's trying to embark on a holy war yes yeah yeah and then there's just different organizations you terrorist groups whatever you want to call it right that are vying for power or whatever and so you're saying that they're just getting switch from kind of group to group, to group. like they, they all have a, a similar goal yeah but they still you know they all have their own ways of getting about yeah. it too. so they they're, they fight but not really fight in, well, a, they, in a way they do like there's infighting for sure but i think it's just like who's on who's the top dog right, right. like i think that's part of what it is and so but um, is it like is it like would you say it's like cartel fighting Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes, like yes, there's, yes. there's blood. There's like... 100%. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's so a really good... Different cartels versus jihad that, you know, they're yeah. all like... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, cartels are drug runners, whatever, but these guys are like, you know, death to the West or whatever the hell their, yes. their, their goal is. Yeah. Yes. And then the point, too, is that they recruit young men either forcibly or just because, like, there's nothing there for them. There's no, like economic opportunities for them yep. so that it's like they have nothing else to do and i think even well, it sounds like any no matter where you are it's just like you target poor or vulnerable individuals yes. and you just recruit them into something that is seems that it's larger themselves give them a sense of family community whatever yeah yep. yeah so um so that was what happened and then it's the interesting just sorry just to yeah. go just to dive a little bit more into that it's like you listen to that guy i think it's whatever his name is something Davis, the guy who would infiltrate, not infiltrate, but he'll talk to members of the KKK and he would get them to yes. like reverse them. So yes. it's like a black guy that would talk to these 
clan members and get them just through dialogue and yeah. understanding that like yeah they would convert them not to be from the KKK yeah uh, and then there's uh, guys like Majid Nawaz Nawaz yeah. you know yeah, yeah. who talks about it as well too and it's like you see very similar forms of indoctrination yes. and how they get people to join their groups. I think if you listen to these types of people, it's really fascinating it to is. know that whether you're talking about a religious thing or you're talking about uh, like a racial thing yeah. or um, even like a feminist thing. It's like any kind of cause, extreme, that, that extreme cause. Yes. It's the same kind of psychological techniques to get people in yeah. so it's really really fascinating well, even like with cults too like yeah. you, like i've listened to a bunch of stuff on cults and the psychological stuff like it's yeah. very very fascinating yeah. yeah yeah and it's almost like the number one thread is like get people separated from their isolate th- them. their friends yes. and family and to have them not listen to any yes. external 100 sources anyways yeah yeah so, so it's just it why you know yeah if you leave you know yeah anyways it's yeah not getting into into yeah. into details here it's, but, um, it's, it's very fascinating it's very fascinating so that just kind of gives you a little bit of a background and then the whole point too the new york times um had an article in uh 2014 saying that like kidnapping people and holding people for ransom is like a huge business for them mm-hmm. and this was not back in 2014 saying like it, they were making like 125 million dollars from all the kidnapping so like it's per year yeah i think yeah. so so Cause, it's cause people would mostly pay because they want yes. to get their Mm-hmm. That's interesting because I don't know. It's like, do people mostly pay? And like, who are they? Who are they blackmailing? Are they blackmailing yeah. family or are they blackmailing like governments? Well, I think the governments, governments is or are where gov- you're aren't governments like we don't negotiate with terrorists? Yeah, <laughs> and then case closed, or do or do they? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll we'll find, find out a little out. bit here. So. um yeah, so they, it is, it does get kind of like confusing because there, there's so many different people and because they don't speak French necessarily and so they don't know what's going on. Um, Sorry, who's speaking French? The people that are kidnapping them? No, they don't speak French. Yeah, so they don't have an interpreter for Oh, a they lot all speak, the so I'll speak French. Well, the Italian speaks Italian too, I would imagine. Honeys, they don't speak French. The only, like... Luca and Edith speak French, but none of the other guys that have kidnapped them do. Right. So I'm just saying, so sometimes it gets yeah. confusing. Because so, so they're they all speaking Arabic as their language, I would imagine. Arabic, and there's a couple other like local dialects that they right. speak as but well. But no one else. Yeah. So no. you're, you're saying the no. people that are being kidnapped and the kidnappees don't speak the same language. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, oh, okay. okay, okay. No, I thought you course. were saying something else. I thought yeah. you were saying. So what's interesting too is so she's vegetarian at this point. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. So she goes for three months with just eating like the rice or the pasta or whatever that they have. And so, right. but what they'll do is like, they'll give them like the shittiest pieces of oh, meat. Yeah. So like they'll kill a goat or they'll kill a sheep and they just get like the awful, like O-F-F-A-L, which is, is just like the intestines and just like the leftover shit. So that's what they are given to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at this point, when they're in the Sahara, they're given relative freedom to move around the camp. But she says to watch time go by without 
being able to change things, it was difficult to be in this like state of limbo and not even really knowing what's going on. Right, Have they contacted? Like, are we being held for ransom? Like, what the hell is and happening? Was there ever any talk of trying to figure out how to escape? No. Um, they did. Yeah, they did a couple times, but it's they're just surrounded all the time. And because they're in the middle of the fucking Sahara, yeah, what do you do, go? right? Where are you going to go? And you don't have any water. Like, that's the big thing, too. So, um... So how big would this village be that they're in? They're not in a village at this point. They're just in the middle of the desert. Also, they're in like a compound. No, not even. They set up tents for them and they are just in tents on the Sahara. So so them and how many other people? So like, t- so like 10. There's only 10 people. So it's like 10 guys guarding them. Yeah. yeah and they're just in the, oh, okay. Yeah, in the middle of the desert. Well, where do they find, where do they get these goats and everything? Are they well, they'll, they'll travel to a village or something and get something and then bring it back Like to one or two are. guys will travel yeah, and yeah, bring yeah. stuff back. Yeah, and so, and they're like, they're in spots where it's, there's like trees, these, I don't know how to say it, probably acacia trees that are in the desert. and Acacia? S- acacia, yeah, 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 that's it, that's it. Um so they're at these places so they're still together at this point and they decide they decide to go on a hunger strike and so she says our scope of action was limited and fasting was one thing we could do so they fast for so long and it's like pissing them off like pissing the captors off because they're like well we can't we have to take care of you because otherwise you're worthless. And so you're not freaking eating. So then, so by day 22 of the fast, they're like, well, we're just not going to give you water and see how long you last yeah, without water. They end up lasting five days without water. Yeah. That's so, about, but it's, that's about how long you can go. Yeah. So then, um, on day 25, um, a new guy comes up who speaks French and explains to them. He's like, well, we're going to, we'll shoot a video and we're going to pass it on to your families. And um, so please eat. We'll do this in, in exchange for you eating kind of thing. And so they do. They they start eating again. I have to like shoot um, the video first and then we eat. Yeah. So but anyways, the family never received the video. Yeah, of course of not. Of course not. So then they get separated and they're both freaking out about being separated. Both. There's three people here. No, no, no. Luca and Edith, the two of them get separated. Yeah, but there's a third guy too, right? No. There's only the two of them? Yeah. But I got the I thought it was the Luca. guy from Togo? Yeah. No, no, no. They were gonna meet him in Togo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, I thought it was three guys the whole no, time. No, I just oh, said okay. no, I said it was only the two of them traveling from Italy. Okay. Yeah. So all she can think about and like they, they the way that the guys talk to them when they're separating them, she, it makes her think she's going home. And so all she can think about is she's going home, but Luca's still there. How do I get him out? And so she's like losing her shit. And so that was on. So they were kidnapped in December. So this is in March when they're separated in March 2019 when they're separated. So then they take her to another camp and there's three women at this camp and um, like other captives. Yeah. And they've been held Two of them have been held for two years and another one has been held for three years. And so they kind of um, tell her her story there. I think they were one of them for sure, but I'm not sure about the other two were like nuns and they were just there for humanitarian. And the one yeah. nun was helping at an orphanage, helping like children and babies and everything like that. Um, two of the nuns were they're all old. Like the one nun that she talked to the most was 70 and she had like a huge breast tumor. 
And so, um, yeah, but the other two were like psychologically just like not there. The one was oh, because they've been held captive for, for so yeah. long. The one she was um, like hallucinating and had all like all kinds of crazy stuff. So, but the uh, the one nun, Elizabeth, she showed so much kindness to Edith and um, she was talking, Edith was talking about how like she loved to write poetry and so then the nun like encouraged her like, well, you should write a new cure. You can have my pens and you can have my paper and just like write, write poetry. Mm-hmm. And so she says, her kindness showed me my own door, the gift that would allow me to fly away, to let my soul out of the cage where time dragged on. And so the book, how the book is written is at the beginning of each chapter is one of her poems. Mm, That she wrote while she was there. While she was there. And she wrote like, obviously like hundreds and hundreds of poems. And so she lived with these women from being taken away from Luca from March to August. And they were always being moved, taken to different camps, just being moved around. Um, But they were like never given enough water but they learned how to like kind of cook, I guess, in the desert because they had to do like all their cooking themselves. But at least it kind of gave them something to do. Right. Um, and so, but just like seeing like the kindness between all, all four of them. Um, well, that would make sense though. Because I mean, you're in prison together. Yeah. Basically, right? Like you have to, and it's worse than prison, I would imagine. Yes. And so they held, like they helped... They ha- like they helped each other. So she would take the one nun would do like uh, like embroidery with whatever she could, and so um, Edith would take out. She had like little like embroidery f- thread things in her hair because of her dreads, and so she would take them out and give them to the nun, and mm-hmm. they would share blankets. And then um, some birds would come to stay in their tent, and so they would like take care of these birds. So at least it was something. Mm-hmm. And she says life like the. Like the desert, our life as captives was 99% desolation and 1% abundance, just enough to get us through another day. So, and it's interesting too, she talks a lot about like the cycles of the desert and going through the rainy period and the storms and all of the different things that she saw. So then after five months of being with the women, she's taken away again. And so what's happening is, she she the trips got her this trip got her hopes up she thought she was going to be either going to go home or be reunited with luca in some way Uh, and she says the trip did get my hopes up life in captivity is so predetermined that every time something out of the ordinary ordinary happens the brain goes into overdrive so you're used to just this like monotony of every day and so you think something's happening and you're going to get out or something but then she also felt numb and she said I didn't give a shit about anything like I felt amorphous inert and empty shell my my life no longer belonged to me I no longer had the strength to fight against oblivion I was their hostage both a treasure and a nobody so she was held with these people and they they would alternate each month a different group of men that would like watch her I guess and so but she was all by herself because she wasn't allowed to be in camp with them only for sleeping. So she just had this like one little tree that she kind of stayed under and they made her like lay down all the time. Like she wasn't allowed to walk around or anything like that because um, they were afraid she was going to be seen. So she's mm-hmm. like stuck laying down in this hot tent for most of the time. So like her muscles atrophied and all of this, like it was just so boring like just so like the monotony and the boredom i can't even begin to imagine it it would drive me crazy yeah 
um and her only distraction like when she was the w- with the women was to like at least you could like cook your own meals and here and she couldn't even do that they would just bring her and why did food. they take her to this place i don't know mm. yeah i'm not really sure why they took her away she didn't she didn't say um but then she did remember it occurred to her to do yoga to help her muscles I like say, just do some push-ups or do something to keep but moving. that's the thing is like the minute she would do something like she couldn't because they would see her and then like tell her to stop or whatever so but yoga at least it looks like you might be laying exactly, down but it's like exactly exactly so she was able to do that and she said it was like the one thing that helped her from like not completely losing her mind um and then at one point she they do give i don't even know why they ended up giving this to her but she does get like a letter from friends and three pictures of like her her with her family and so then it's like they really kind of take an interest in in her and i think it humanizes her more to the captors because there's a one picture especially with her and her dad and so they keep say they where is i have no idea i have no idea so does her family know that she's been kidnapped well i I don't know what are they thinking i don't know she doesn't again she doesn't really say much and about like, does that. anybody know because it's months and months and months yeah of. so they do they must the government the government does know and they the were Canadian government. yeah and they were looking for trying to find her they were doing some sort of work trying to find her so um yeah so then she um she's taken to an, another new place and the, the tree that she's in it's an underneath it's not 100 percent um sand and it's like has some kind of like like organic material in it so it's almost like cl- maybe clayish almost so she's able to add like water to it and then make sculptures because again it's just anything to keep your mind occupied mm-hmm. so she makes this sculpture of a man's face and then she has like a sun around it too and she just kind of calls it like her sun god or whatever just to keep her busy wilson (laughs) (laughs) so the um the captors don't like it they're pissed that she's done this but what's interesting is what they're more pissed about is the sun they don't like the sun it's not necessarily a man's face it's the sun apparently you're not supposed to make an image of it or something Mm. so the one guy comes over and he's really nice to her and and indicates to her to get rid of the sun and so she's like cool i'll do that there's this other guy who's a big dick to her all the time he makes her like only look at his feet and never make eye contact like he's such a jerk to her and so um he gets pissed because it's like she's listening to this guy but not to him and so then she just kind of loses her shit and destroys her her sculpture and then she throws her bowl indicating like i'm going on a hunger strike and so they get nervous and they're like well fuck you can't go on a hunger strike because we need you in good condition and so it's like yeah they have to preserve the market value of their property and so eventually another guy um another guy comes and she calls him crazy eyes she has like like throughout the book she has different names for these different guys and so he says look you have to eat and if you eat then i'll show you a video of luca and so she starts eating and um and then he also says you also have to convert to islam as well you have you have to do that and so (laughs) She said, he says, you know, it's not even real. Yeah. So, and, and so when he speaks in perfect French and he says, you are a disbeliever and you are an animal in the eyes of God, if you refuse Islam. And then, so she, she's trying to like reason with him and saying, well, like, I do believe in, in a God, like, 
I just it, like to me like God is life and you know this like very spiritual uh, version and she's like mm-hmm. they don't want to hear that stuff yeah she's like no <laughs> nobody want to hear your hippie dippy stuff yeah and <laughs> and so she's just like I don't understand like so and he's like explaining to her like um you're gonna go to hell if you like and that's how I like if you don't convert you're gonna go to hell and she's like I don't understand how like I'm going to hell but you've taken me away from my whole life and you're cool like she's just like you know it just doesn't make sense to her obviously it doesn't make sense to anybody well of course it doesn't make any sense because all that kind of talk is just just bullshit right like you you can commit all kinds of like how could you do this to another human being like i I can't even comprehend it and to think that you're like a good guy yeah i know and that oh well i'm going to go to heaven just all all just because you just believe a certain thing yeah like if that's a type, if that's actually, if that's actually true, well, fuck it. I don't even want to believe in that type of God because like, yeah, that's not someone that's totally supposed to be there for you and caring and wall, you know, all that, whatever, yeah. all the good stuff that it's supposed to be. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. It's just, it's unbelievable. I know. So then she gets the, vi- she does get the video from Luca. They do keep their word that way, which is surprising. And he, yeah, but who knows how long, when that video was shot or whatever, but yeah, yeah. So he says that he's okay. And, um, but he's converted to Islam. And he says in the video that like he's learning Arabic and he's reading the Quran and he says it's like something to keep him busy. And so she's really surprised. True. She's That's really it. surprised that he's converted, but she thinks, hearing him say well like it's keeping like i'm able to read and like learn something it's keeping me busy and so it she's does it'll occupy the mind exactly right? something to learn and keep you from going crazy well and so even she, if you don't believe it yeah. right it's like yeah sure yeah. fine you and know so she thinks she's like well maybe i should too like i have what i'd have literally nothing then to you, lose you at might this get point. treated better and that's what she thinks and then she's thinking well maybe the I'll be able to go where Luca is. Maybe we'll, we can be reunited if I can convert or whatever. So they're pushing this on her anyways because the guy's like, you have to convert. So she does. And yeah, they completely change how they treat her. It's it's just, they treat her so much nicer. Um, better, she, better food? No, it's the same because they're all eating the same food. So um so they teach her Arabic and she teaches them French and, um, she, what does she say to, um, but she doesn't like wh- what she had always said in the beginning of their captivity was like, she wouldn't convert to Muslims to Islam, um, out of respect for Muslims because she's just like, I don't want to lie and I don't want to make a mockery of their religion by just converting for the sake of what they're saying. But it's like, she just had to do what she had to do to survive Mm -hmm. um um but like she also said like she doesn't she didn't take any of that with her because she didn't want to take anything back with her with what like what happened and so once she kind of um converts they make this big kind of celebration and they they kill this sheep in um in honor of her conversion and everything, but it made, she felt so uncomfortable and she just said, vegetarian too. (laughs) Also. Yeah. So she said, I didn't like the hypocrisy of the ritual a week before I had been, I had been worthless and suddenly I had become their sister because that's what it says in the Quran. Now I was alive and worthy in the eyes of God. But so now can you start to negotiate your release then? Well, no. (laughs) (laughs) So she also talks a little bit, um, about, 
not hating her captors and she said and for what they've been putting her through she said what good would it have done me to darken my heart with hatred and she says um uh, she had never hated anyone in her life it's not in her nature and i certainly wasn't going to start drifting down the grim river of bitterness and animosity so like i i like that idea i think that'd be like very very hard but i like that idea of like she's not letting what they're doing to her change how she's gonna how she's gonna remember that movie that we watched not too long ago yes is it unbroken yeah i think so something like that it's a it's a story about a guy a guy well he's in world war ii and he gets taken his plane gets shot down and he gets taken captive uh by japan and then he's he's a prisoner of war for a long time, I think. Anyways, and he was treated—I mean, absolutely horrifically—in this, uh, in this, in this prison, uh, for like a long time. And you know, and he, you know, he and he forgave everyone, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously, some people just would never be able to do that. Yeah. Um, but some people can, and I think you can end up being a better person for that if you can have forgiveness, which is a very—it's like a very, very difficult thing to do. Well, especially even while you're at it, while you're in it, right? Yes. I like think it's one thing after the fact to forgive somebody, it's something to forgive people while you're experiencing it. Mm-hmm. But I think having hate and, and that those types of negative emotions, I think that would just even it would have just made it even worse. Yes. And I think forgiveness isn't necessarily I think it's for the for you doing the forgiving. It's not for the other people. No, forgiveness no, it's is for, for it's, you. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So but the there was so there was a one. Uh, it was a news story. I didn't finish it because it was on the radio when I was just driving somewhere. But it was a story of, you know, somebody. I don't know if it was a a, a hit and run or like a drunk driving, but you know, they killed the other person's like son or wife Jesus. or whatever, and they ended up, you know, reconciling yeah. in in a way. Or no, it was. I think it was even it was worse than that because it was like a it was like a murder. It was like oh. a premeditated like I murdered your son or I murdered like your wife or something like that. Yeah, right? like I've heard stories about yeah, this and then yeah. you know, not that they're best friends or whatever, yeah. but they did develop some type of relationship. So it's, but it's. I mean, I I couldn't you know if someone murders you or the kids and it just like I don't think I'd ever be friends with that person or whatever. But mm. um, yeah, I don't know. We could talk for days. I yeah. imagine the whole concept of forgiveness and everything, but it's it's important. It is, yeah. Uh, the one thing she says, though, that kind of pisses me off is, and I hate when people, I again, I can see it talking about forgiveness and trying to move past things, um, but we've seen this a couple other times, is like giving people a pass for what they've for done. Their behavior. Yeah, there's a difference between forgiving somebody because she says, well, they don't have any education and they don't know any better. And this is just like what they're taught and indoctrinated with. It's the religion, like just like the rando people that are watching the underlings that are watching her. And it's like, and so, so, but for like the leaders, she doesn't necessarily feel the same because like they know what they're doing. It's just about money. Right. So she understands that, but I'm just like, I don't really care. Those people still know having someone in captivity. I don't really give a shit. You, you, like right and wrong guys like come on they know it's not right you can't regardless if you have education or not i don't care mm. you know that doing this is wrong so that's interesting it's an interesting point because she doesn't know whether they think it's right or wrong like she doesn't know what they're thinking you know but also imagine yourself 
you're born into a place. Of course. Where everyone thinks a certain thing. And if you think differently, you die. they'll just kill you yeah. or whatever, right? Yes. So what are they going to do? I understand. Just be like, oh, yeah, guys, this is horrible. We shouldn't be doing this. And it's like, okay, well, you're done, right? Or like, you know, leave the religion. You die, right? So. No. And I, and I get. You know, I a lot of people are put into impossible positions, whether they believe in it or not. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we have recently been put in, in an impossible position and we took our stand. So. Right. But our life is threatened. Could have been could be but you know what i mean right i understand i'm just i'm just saying yeah i don't know and i don't know what i would do for the kids like if it if it was you know i had to do it or someone would hurt the kids like i don't know i don't know well depends on what you mean by hurt right yeah (laughs) Uh, all i'm saying is that there are people that are put in no win situations it's not just as black and white as like this is good this is bad and i I have to stick to my morals it's like well you know i also don't want to don't want to die, you know? I understand. So. It's it's complicated. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, say it's the least. to say the least, it's complicated. But yeah, not to give a blanket pass to like to say that they knew what they were doing they was wrong. Like, yeah. I yeah, mean. I'm sure they did know. But some people, especially the Lord, they just, you got to mm-hmm. do what you got to do to survive. Yeah. So. Yeah. And maybe they thought, you know, that's just, it is what they're being taught. Like, you need to convert everybody. But it doesn't mean you need to, but kidnapping is different than trying to convert everybody. Right. But imagine so. if you're taught this literally since you've been born and yeah. saying that this is the way. Yeah. This is the way. Then that's maybe th- in your mind, you literally think that that's good. Yeah. Because that's what you do. And yeah. you literally have been trained your whole life to think of other people that are not part of your religion that are they're less than you. Yeah. You know? Yep. No, and that's a f- that's and, fair. Uh, and a person that's you know fifteen years old, they're going around helping out. They're an underling. Is it their fault if they, you know, if they were just totally indoctrinated to yeah. saying that this is, this yeah. is right? Yeah. No, it, it's it's no. fair. It's co- it's complicated, and I, yeah. But still, I, I think if you get to the point where you're taking on like children, for example, like child soldiers or whatever, mm-hmm. they're like actively having to kill people and they're seeing really bad violence i think that they know they you know you know deep down inside that that stuff's not not right yeah but if it's just like little things that just step by step it's like oh well we're just kind of holding them here yeah you know we're not like you know whipping them every day or whatever right so i don't know yeah Yeah, it's i don't know why are you talking about me i'm not a a shrink i don't know any of this stuff i know (laughs) listen to me yeah some random guy off the internet. I don't know what I'm talking <laughs> about. Anyways. So the next thing she knows, she's being told, she's told to get on this motorbike and go with this other guy. And so they take her, they leave. She's... Now, some reason I'm picturing Tom Cruise and whatever going down the no, highway, wind in the hair on the motorbike. Not even close. Not like that? No. So she gets on to this, another camp, and Luca's there. So she gets reunited with Luca. Then they go back to another camp that's like six hours away on motorbike or whatever. And so they're just kind of so just like the happiness and joy at finally being being reunited is just it's awesome. And so he says that he hasn't his new his new Muslim name is Suleiman. So they take them back to the camp. I was going to guess Muhammad, but no. (laughs) Um. So when he tells her he did try to escape um, and did not go well and they beat him, like beat the shit out of him and tied him to a tree without like water or a scarf or any like protection for 
like days to not do it again. So, um, so they get back to this new camp and they're not allowed to be with the other hostages because all the other hostages are men and they're married apparently. So they have their own kind of separate area where they have to be. And so, um, yeah, she even has to pick a new name as well, Muslim name. And, um, but they, it was, I mean, being together, obviously their, their morale got, they were able boosted to a boost bit. it a little bit and they were able to kind of keep it, help each other. Um, and of course they were com- treated completely differently at this camp because they were now seen as Muslims. And so, so why don't they convert the other people? What other people? You said there's other prisoners that they're not allowed to, to go in with. Yeah. So I think, I don't know if some of those other prisoners converted or not. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so they were, but they're still treated as prisoners. And so they had to give them their shoes every night just so they c- wouldn't go away in the, d- in the dark. And then they were given their water go away in the dark. They yeah. were given their water rations at the beginning of the day. So then by the end of the day, they just had, didn't have enough to maybe like take off at night when they weren't being guarded as well. So, but they try and come up with an escape plan. So when they were picking her up, when Luca had, when they picked her up on the way, Luca saw a truck pass north. And so he was thinking that that was a highway to another city called Kidal. So he figures if they go, if he figures out what direction to go to try and get to this highway. And so she has an extra pair of shoes that they didn't know about that she kind of had in her bag with her, all of her poems. She managed to kind of keep a bunch of her poems mm-hmm. as well. And so, um, so she makes him an extra pair of shoes out of whatever they have. And then each day they, they have like a, a separate gallon jug. So each day they just kind of put they more water, they bit. ration it. Yeah. Right. So they can eventually and they hide this. it, I guess. So yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so it would so be, it sounds like they have at least some flexibility some free, yes. to go around. Otherwise they'd there. be like, cause there's no bars or anything because they're just like in, no, they're just like under a tree. They're just camping like under a tree. Yeah. So the only issue is like, she's really weak and it ends up like she has like, worms she's crazy cramps abnormal bleeding like she's not well um they're also both like crazy skinny um so then they have to leave before they had kind of expected because all of a sudden these winds come in and apparently these winds they only last for like two or three nights it just and they know from like living in the desert for mm-hmm. so long, they know how these how this environmental like stuff the, works. The cycles or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And so the way the wind is though, it, it'll erase their tracks, right. which is obviously really important. So and they're trying to time it so that they have the most amount of darkness. So when the moon hasn't risen yet, so that they can get away. So they plan this whole thing out, of course, yeah. which is really interesting too. I guess having lived that long in the desert, you just kind of yeah. know what it is. So that's kind of cool. So they, they leave, they get up and he goes, he does his last prayer with the, the guys from the evening and then they go, they take off. And so she, they have all these issues though. So, and they don't know how far and how long it's going to take to get to this highway. They don't know. And so the, the lid on their water would didn't tighten. There's no, it's not a hard seal. And so they, they, lost it all. they lost a bunch of water, like a third of their water. And then, sh- the most precious and then so yeah. I forgot to tell you this part, which is crazy. This whole time, she can't see. The whole time in captivity, she can't see because 
she only, she didn't have glasses. She just had contacts. And so there came a point where she had to get rid of her contacts. Oh. So this whole time, she's well, not seeing clearly. How bad is her vision? It's bad enough where she just can't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So she can't see where she's walking. And so she, and it's, there's no moon. It's like pitch black. So she falls, she twists her knee on a rock like really, really badly. So she's like limping and trying to get through. And it's just like the worst pain ever. So finally, after walking for eight, eight hours, they figured they must've traveled about 12 miles. They come across a road. They're not sure if it's the road that they were looking for, but right. they come across a road. So now it's starting to get, it's like five o'clock in the morning. Sun's rising. Sun's off. rising. And so they find a place to hide in the bushes because they're afraid of if these guys are going to so come and gonna, find they're them. They're going to know. Yeah. yeah. And so they manage to flag down a truck and the truck stops for them and they get in and th th I don't, they can't, sp they speak different languages. So they're not really, I don't, they couldn't explain what was happening, but I think that the, the driver, the driver, and it looked like his dad kind of knew what was happening. And so they were stopped by a Muhajadeen guy. And so they, they blocked, so they couldn't see the faces of Luca and, and Edith and, um, and then they called on a phone and it's like they called someone else to s another truck to kind of come behind them. So with like these people were like, she calls them like their guardian angels yeah. for, you know, being brave enough to take them. So eventually they get into Kadal and um, they drop them off at a government building um, where there's like UN peacekeepers there. And so, and she said like, everything happened so fast after that right they were taken to whatever little clinic they had in this little town um and their government like both the italian government and canadian government were notified they're taken to a doctor and then obviously they were questioned by the french army who had people in there that were fighting against these terrorists that were there and so then they go to um the capital of mali which is bamako and then as soon as they land it's like paparazzi everywhere mm. and it's just like wow. so overwhelming because you've been so isolated for this whole time it was just like it was awful for her well for both of them um and then so and this is in 2020 oh shit eh? and so it's like she gets they wouldn't even know anything about no this idea no idea and so she's like they're doing like elbow bumps what the fuck and are you she's like doing? she's like oh i thought it was some weird like some tradition like some you know traditional thing that they do and then sh they tell her what's going on and because everyone's in masks as well and like, what the fuck what is, the fuck is going on yeah <laughs> so oh my god could you imagine no. that side just being like what the fuck no. just happened to the world no it's no like, take me take me back to no <laughs> so fucking Jesus. crazy um What's crazy about this is the day that they escaped was March 13th, 2020. And I don't know if you remember this day, but I will never forget this day. It was Maya and I, it was our last girl's day because er everything was going to shit. And I said, Maya, let's do a last girl's day. Oh, that's why everything shut down. Because then. I said, everything's going to shut down. So but let's go anyways. out. Yeah, let's go out and do like our last girl's day. And we had like the best girls' mm -hmm. day. It was amazing. We we had like so much luck. We got like all these really awesome because we were shopping. We got all this like we found like the best stuffy. We found right, all these right. really cool things. So and then I was like, it's so weird to think that while me and my daughter are out just having the best day, these people are f like escaping into freedom. It's just mind blowing. It just to puts me. everything into perspective. It you really know why? Does you know. We complain about all kinds of different things that are happening in our lives here. 
Uh, and I'm putting this generally out there, especially people in North America or developed countries, you know, that doesn't, that we don't have to worry about kidnapping or whatever, that we have it so good oh compared gosh. to so many people and what other yes. people are living through. Um, sometimes it's good, I guess, to put that into perspective. Um, because uh, if they wouldn't have escaped, who knows if they would have even ever gotten loose. Like how many people have been kidnapped and are never seen or Well, heard those from three again? women that she met right. have been in captivity for so years, long. Years. And like, yeah. and a lot of times no one's going to, no one's going to pay, I guess. Right. Um, yeah. Or like families don't have money to pay. No. Like, we'll give us, you know, what, what do you, a million dollars? Like, where am I going to come up well, with a million and then dollars or even whatever like they might be asking for, Well, and right? even governments, like you give in and you pay a ransom, well then that yeah, just encourages them to keep doing it. So, yeah. Yeah. That's not really, like, I mean, good for them for escaping. Like, Jesus. I know. But yeah, like. Well, and the whole time I'm reading as they're escaping, I'm just like, my hands are sweaty because I'm just like, oh my God, oh my God. Like, and you know she makes yeah. it, but it's just well, like the whole story. To, well, it's I didn't even know like that. I'm just listening to your story. I'm not even talking. I'm just I like, know. Listening to the story, like how's this gonna I end? I know, I know. So but yeah. yeah, obviously it ends well. I didn't know it was gonna end in escape, or whether it was going to be like uh, uh, the government's uh, pay yeah, the ransom. Yeah, the Trudeau government, yeah, <laughs> they're gonna do something. Yeah, that was sarcasm. <laughs> the government doesn't do anything. <laughs> um, oh, that's crazy. What yeah, a crazy story. So then. Um, yeah, and so of course, like they, the Canadian ambassador to Mali is there, and so they figure out a way for to get them out of Mali. I would like to know how long the Canadian government knew about her and yeah. what they did uh, yeah. or what they didn't do. I don't know. So, but then w- what happens is they suggest both her and Luca go together and like stay together and go to a hospital in Germany to kind of like have kind of like a week or something just to kind of like recover uh, right. like after everything. Um, but it sounds like the Italian government didn't want that to happen. And they came and said, no, you're going to go home to Luca. And so he, he had a choice though. He could go to Germany with her or go home and he decided to go home, no, which I don't, I don't, go home. I don't blame him, but just like you feel really bad for her. Cause she feels like really sad. Cause it happens really fast that he goes, they don't have any real notice. So you feel kind of bad for her, but she goes on to, to Germany first and just has a week in a hospital and just like with like a psychologist and, and everything and yeah. talks to him um, and just to recover. And I'm sure well, like where's her family? Does she have family? That yeah, I guess you don't talk yeah. about, right? Does she, uh, do they go meet her in Germany or no, be- because of COVID everything's oh, fuck. fucking crazy. Unbelievable. So then, so yeah, then I what happens is I, I, I could kind of see it there at, at, the, then, beginning at the beginning of COVID beginning, where, yes. you know, people didn't know like is this a 10 percent deadly thing is yeah. it whatever or yeah i mean now we know it's like ridiculous that yeah you wouldn't be able to go see someone who just experienced that but yeah. anyways so then eventually yeah they do take her from germany they take her to quebec where her family lives and so then they wanted her to do a 15-day quarantine fuck yourself and so the <laughs> and so and in a, one of the interviews she gave she's like i've like i've been quarantined for 15 months like what do you think i what do you think i just got like yeah so uh-huh. her mom her mom quarantined with her because she's just like are you fucking kidding me no. <laughs> like, yeah so so yeah so that's the story so oh my god i just, know just the lack of compassion of i know someone who just i know goes what 450 days or whatever uh-huh. in captivity and they're like you know you, you gotta, gotta stay in your fucking house for for two weeks yeah yeah <sighs> Uh, I was like, you know what? The like the worms and whatever shit that I caught was a lot worse than fucking. Wow. 
this is it anyways so anyways i don't know i don't know much about what has happened with her yeah where is she now (laughs) i don't know does she Um, have any social media profiles none Mm. and there was uh, with reason good reason too probably she i tried to look up if there was any podcasts that she had gone on because her story is crazy um but there was when did she write this book uh 2021 Okay, so it's so been a year. there was only one podcast sh- she was on, but it was a French podcast. Uh, so I couldn't, I couldn't listen to it. So how long is it? Maybe I'll listen to it. Yeah, I think it's like an hour, yeah. an hour, hour and a half. I could listen to so it. Then. When yeah. was it? When was it? Uh, I'm not sure. I, d- I don't remember looking at the date. Just send so. it to me, and okay. then I'll listen to it. And yeah. maybe it's just her telling the story. Um, yeah. As opposed to like, where am I now or whatever? I guess but, um, I could put like translator on on the YouTube screen too. I guess the YouTube, the, uh, YouTube. the translator. I don't know if it works. Okay. I was investigating some translation when we had our conference. Yeah. Because um, there was a speaker that was speaking just in French, and the translation was, it was like, eh. yeah. Yeah. You know, I was hit and miss in terms yeah. of how. It, it would take the words. I mean, we take the words out of context, and would especially if yeah. someone's talking really fast. Like yeah. it's okay. The technology is getting a little bit better, but yeah. But send me, th- send me the podcast, the and then podcast. if I have time, because <laughs> I have so much time, yeah. I'll try to listen to it. And yeah, it's about an hour an and a half. An yeah. hour and a half. So yeah. yeah I just so. listen to it at one, one and a half speed, as I usually do. I know. I'm obsessed with I'm obsessed with listening to things at one and a half speed now. You can't go back because no, like can't. a podcast has three hours. Now you put it at two oh times God. speed. It's an hour and a half. I was telling Nay, I was like, Nay, you got to put, because he listens to Morbid Podcast, the Morbid Podcast too. And I'm like, you put it on one and a half. It'll change your life. Yeah. <laughs> it depends on who it is. You can put it on two and then it's twice mm. as fast. But then sometimes mm. it's too fast. I but it, it does, d- does depend. The yeah. only person is it's like <laughs> like Ben Shapiro. I was just going to say, you can't he's put it on Ben Shapiro. He's, he's already, already on, so fast. He's already on two times speed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's just how he <laughs> operates. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how he jogs is two times speed. Um, but yeah, like my YouTube is almost default to to 1.5. Yeah. So sometimes I'll speed it up, sometimes I'll slow it down depending on where it is. But yeah, it's yeah. like I ain't got time for this. I know. Yeah. But yeah, I'm so glad that they have that because it's... Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. So um, her poems are really interesting as well. Like it's a lot of like about obviously nature because that's what she's seeing out there. And then the last part of the book... Or sand. Or sand. The last part of the book, the like her kind of last... Um, entry in the book is just like a letter to life and just mm-hmm. to being like being so grateful for what she went through like what not what she went through but like it's given her a different perspective of course yeah it would. i imagine that would change her whole perspective yes. on a whole lot of things you know yes. like it's one thing yes it's it's great to meet other people and new cultures and whatever yeah. but like not every culture is sunshine and rainbows no. as, as she found out you know there's no. some people that take you know their culture or their religion mm-hmm. to such extremes to justify doing some horrible things yes um so yeah yeah so it but it also sounds just like the kind of person that she is she was able to she already had that kind of positive outlook on things but you know might have really helped her get through get through it and helping her get through it after the yes. fact, you know, the, yes. the fact that she could have forgiveness and be yes. like, you know, exactly, you know, one with nature, we're all kind of just yes. doing this thing and, you know, maybe not holding such, such animosity towards them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's a really good lesson. Cause I mean, uh, hopefully nothing ever happens like that to me or any of us or anybody yes. in general. Um, yes. but if it happened to me, I mean, uh, you just have to strive to be, to be positive and not, mm. 
not get broken really you know yeah yeah always plot to escape yes man oh man that's crazy i know i just i just i'm just sitting here and just i, d- I don't even know what to say I because know. the fact that other humans could do this to other oh, humans it's, it's, uh, just it's unthinkable i can't you know um i, c- I can't like the, the 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 cruelty the lack of humanity yeah, the one thing she uh, did she I did say is like they didn't like mistreat her besides kidnapping her. Like she was never beaten, she was never raped. Yeah. Like none of that, which I guess silver lining, but still yeah, well I think being being held captive at all is horrible, but to be being held captive in the fucking Sahara desert on like and just like not know. even being in a like structure, an, just right. like out camping basically yeah, not like a uh, house even or like yeah, a shack it's like just like just little tents or whatever under a fucking tree like yeah. it's unbelievable to me and like sh- when she saw herself in the mirror at the hospital it's like unrecognizable herself. so like her face is just she's like it was so be- wrinkled because she was so dehydrated like she yeah. just never had enough water yeah. they never gave her enough water so mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's a crazy story and did she find out what the demands were for her not that at I least that she doesn't that say. wasn't doesn't say yeah oh that's that crazy I know. um all right well on a scale of one to ten as mm-hmm. a book mm-hmm. what do you what do you think uh I give it a six a six yeah. yeah it was it wasn't the greatest book is um, it what you thought it was going to be because this isn't so this is a quite different from what we normally read in terms of it's yeah. not like an adventure that she goes on no per se i mean she wanted to go on adventure well, but she no, ended but up getting the reason kidnapped, right but, but the reason why I wanted to read is just like what how are you able to be resilient enough to get through something like that like what makes a person able to get through it and even just come through it with like she has this such a positive attitude and just like still this love for life and this you know amazing amazing outlook like i think it's incredible so but yeah there's so many details that i don't know about that i have questions about sure so but i just think that wasn't maybe the point of the book you know it was about how writing these poems as well like helped her through yeah um and i also think like the woman that gave her the um the pen and the paper to begin with said well you should write you should write a book of your poems you should publish your poems and so i think part of it is to to honor that Mm -hmm. woman because i'm sure that woman did not have long to well, live with the, with the breast tumor. They must know where like they were. Old. I mean, they were only walking for eight hours. It's not like they're far. No, you know, so walk for eight hours and then dro- they got so there's up a, so there's a map yeah, in there that say, shows. Like, Here's where we were. Well, they were debriefed like hard by so many different people, by so many oh, different like governments. Military people too. I yes. Imagine, so, because so, the UN, the UN is there as well. The French mm-hmm. army is there. The Mali government wanted to know, like it was so much. So, but they were they able. Know if you want to know. So they were able to. There's like a little map showing where like each of the different camps were that she mm-hmm. was. So. Which is, I guess, why they were moving around as yeah. well, too, right? Because well, and so, but there, uh, every once in a while, especially at the very beginning of her captivity, there would be drones yeah. overhead, th- and that's what they were like. The captors would like lose their shit and like leave immediately because they yeah. were so afraid of these drones. So. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then on a scale of, well, I mean, there's no scale of one to ten on one <laughs> adventure. Do we do we want to do this? It's like, no, obviously not. Um, but it's uh, even like, how, how do you think you would handle something like this, maybe, is the question. How, how do you think you would handle <laughs> this? Uh, not well. No? I mean, 
yeah, the forgiveness thing that's interesting. I think a lot about that with because there's other books we've read and thinking about what would you would you be able to forgive a person if you were in that situation and mm-hmm. yeah, I think that'd be really 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 hard for me. Yeah, yeah, I like I yeah I think that would be a really difficult thing and I think so highly of her for or anyone who's able to and I don't know how long it takes you to get to that point and what you have to go through what mental gymnastics you have to go through to get to that point but I think that's I think it I think it's so incredible yeah. when people are yeah I don't know if you have to do mental gymnastics to humanize the other person for what they did you just need to oh i didn't mean it in like a derogatory way i meant it like because you were gonna have to go through so many thinking and so much like so many emotions and thoughts no i understand but but because i think maybe some people they have to give explanations and reasons as to why someone's doing something bad to them in order to get past that i'm saying yes i think you can still be like well that person is just an evil person or just whatever but i still forgive them because yes. it's not about that. It's about me. It's about me. Right. It's this is what I need to do. Being it doesn't to matter live. what their motivation is or what their motives yes. are. Yes. And what their beliefs are. This is what I believe and this is what I need to do to go forward. Exactly. And to be able to get move on from, from this spot. Well, and even like to be able to live in that situation, like not knowing when the captivity is gonna end or well, that's another thing too. If you're in jail, it's like, well, you have a ten year sentence. It's like you know it's gonna be ten years yeah, where this, this is like is a, there's no and she, there's never any know. information. She doesn't know if a ransom has been asked for or what negotiations yeah. are happening. For me, like yeah. Nothing. It'd be like, Well, I have to think of escape because yeah. I'm just gonna assume that I'm gonna die. Yeah. Because why why would you release somebody? Yeah. And, and then especially after meeting those women having been there for yeah, that long like it's no, like no i gotta figure out a way to get out yeah and especially if it doesn't happen soon yeah you know and it's and this is not like especially if you're not like somebody that you know is valuable that they would actually do a, like a hostage exchange yeah. like you're just you're just some random some random citizen that has literally no value to the government exactly. or, or they're going to exchange it for like some guy that's high up in your organization that ain't gonna happen it's not gonna happen no so 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 and i think the other thing that would be really really hard is just like and i understand them converting to islam because the boredom and the monotony that more than anything would drive me crazy i mean i would do it but again it's not you're not (coughs) actually doing it you're just doing it for show right doing it for survival exactly that's all it's gonna be i mean some people i can see why they wouldn't because it'd be like no i'm standing my my grounds and my beliefs but then again what's your goal is your goal to escape yes sometimes you have to do things you know that you didn't think you'd have to 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 escape right do you want to get better do you want to get a little bit more leash you know and then like more trust like, yeah trust so that they have the time to exactly. even be able to escape well exactly and that's you got to play the game yeah so yeah yeah so how do you think you'd do uh, well you're like the it, most resilient person i know so i know you would have like no problem well don't really <laughs> know about you just be uh, like going camping for you you'd love it, love it. um <laughs> no i think i mean you know what do you mean how do you think i do do you think i'd be able to forgive them no, Afterwards? or even just like survive it without. Well, and everyone could you can survive it, right? Like, I think a lot of people are more resilient than you give them credit for. Yes. But I think that the thing would be it was like, what would be my state of mind after, after. it or during it? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I, I would like to think that it would keep myself in a more positive state of mind yeah. and to not just be angry all the time and yeah. to to think about that 
forgiveness and like i said maybe focus more internally on what i can do to get myself out of the situation yes as opposed to be like oh everyone why are they doing this to me or you know what i mean yes. like those, that kind of thought doesn't yes, help the doesn't situation help, no. but that's so easy for me to say sitting here in this chair right i'm sure there's two times right if i was in that i'd be like oh, oh you know you just want to get so angry that's just gonna yeah. like give a like, rear naked choke on somebody <laughs> or whatever right and then you know get beaten down whatever like this other guy right so i, I don't know yeah I don't know how I do. Mm. I hope I never have to find out. Me neither. But uh, I was just thinking like David Goggins. It's like, is that all you've got? <laughs> he's like, do it. He's like, this motherfucker's doing push-ups. We haven't fed him in five days. He's got no water. <laughs> he's the fuck. Stay the hard. Oh, stay hard. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. It's like, fuck. Man. He's carrying along. He's chopping down the trees. Who's going to carry the boats? Fuck, man, Goggins, you're crazy. Calm down. But he, well, I could see him, like, in a prisoner of war camp. He's like, motherfucker. He's like, beat me down some more. It's like, Jesus. Man, that guy is like a specimen. That's just, I mean, I would joke around, but that guy is fucking crazy. Oh, he's like, amazing. Getting, such getting a huge, like, is such a huge <laughs> inspiration. Stay hard, motherfucker. Stay hard. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> there used to be like David Goggins skits putting him in these like crazy situations. Right. <laughs> right. Seeing how he would react. Yeah. Well, that's, a, that's a really good idea. Because yeah. I kind of have a shaved head. I could do some you kind of David Goggins yeah. skit. Yeah, yeah. That's actually a really good idea. That's a really <laughs> good idea. I'm going to have to start thinking of some shit. You <laughs> 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 just see like the captives like. Motherfucker, what the fuck is this? They like? end up being the captives. Yeah, captives. he's like, you guys, motherfucker, get down, give me 20. It's like, get down, Isaac, get down. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> fuck, man, that's a really good idea. Well, I should do some funny skits like that. So that's fun. hilarious. All right, well, I think we've devolved enough. <laughs> I think so. This, from this topic. I think so. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you. Thank you for listening. As mm -hmm. always, we really appreciate it. Check us out at odoomandandrea.com. Yes. If you like the stuff that we do, we appreciate your support. Absolutely. And um, next week, well, I don't know what we're reading, but I'm sure it's Ooh, going it's to be good. Be a good one. So I think you're excited for it. Yes, so I'm that's good. Yeah. So up top, nice one. Crisp high five. Crisp high five it is. And we'll uh, see you next week. See you next week.